All right. <laughs> um, would you open your Bibles, please, to Psalm 32? I just want to speak to you for a few minutes. And the, the title of my message is, It's My Life. It's My Life. Now, I want to talk to you for just a minute about a common scenario. Now, this has probably not happened to any of you, but it's very common to some people is that a teenager is raised up in home with mom and dad's rules, right? Mom and dad's determine curfew, bedtime, all these kinds of things determined by mom and dad. And so teenager reaches a point when it's time to move away from home. And maybe it's after high school graduation, moves away and gets his own apartment, or moves away and goes to college. And for the first time, is free of parental rules and parental eyes. Right? Now, what is very common is that there is some kind of experimentation with breaking some of the rules that mom and dad have firmly established for, you know, 18 years. There's been a little bit of a breaking. And what does the teenager say? It's my life. I can live like I want to. I don't have to go to bed at 11 o'clock if I don't want to. If I want to stay up all night long, I can if I want to, because it's my life. Right? How many of you know of somebody who acted like that? Not you, of course, but you know somebody who acted like that, right? And so what happens is that that team determines over a period of time, if mom and dad's rules were acceptable and a good thing or not. And maybe he decides that, you know, my mom might have thought this going to bed at 8 o'clock at night is good, but I think that's for the birds, <laughs> you know. Or, or maybe she said fish on every Friday, and I think that's crazy. Or she felt Brussels sprouts three times a week, and I don't think so. You know, but whatever, a, a teenager starts making his own value judgments about whatever rules that he had all those years growing up. And so he formed his own opinion. Well, I don't think so. Well, I think something different. Well, I view differently. And so some teenagers, they learn as over a period of time, they say, you know what? It's a good thing not to stay up all night every night. Because you actually have to go to class. You actually have to go to work. I mean, you know, a lot of people decide that having, you know, going to bed at night was probably a good thing. Some other teenagers decided, you know what? It's not good to drink that much. <laughs> they wake up and decide, that wasn't a good idea last night. Some of them decide, you know what? I can't live off of popcorn and hot dogs and candy bars, you know, because I don't feel so good when I live off of that, or I can't live off a of Mountain Dew, or caffeine, or, or whatever. But you know, some people don't learn that. Some people never learn. And so here they are, 30 years old, they still stay up all night, they still eat nothing but junk food, and nobody can tell them what to do, because it's my life, right? You know, the problem is that when they think that they are free, the problem is they have actually become a slave to the rebellion. And instead of submitting to the rules of, you know, a good bedtime or, you know, a healthier diet, you know, those types of things, instead of submitting to that, instead now there are 
bad consequences because I've gotten fired from the last three jobs because I can't get to work on time because I don't know how to bed, go to bed before 2 o'clock in the morning, right? Or, you know, now I have no energy and I feel bad because I've eaten nothing but sugar and caffeine for a week. Yeah. There are some people, they go into full-blown rebellion and actually become a slave to those things, and they're not free. You know, many of them, they wind up being addicted to substances because they thought they were free to get into that, but they didn't practice any restraint in some cases or any wisdom in others, and they wound up actually finding themselves addicted. And so I want us to look over at Psalm 32. You know, I remember talking to, um, to a young adult some years back and uh, just could not seem to get into bed at a decent hour. Didn't matter what time had to be at class or what time had to be at work. Just couldn't seem to get to bed at a decent hour. And I said, are you still rebelling against your parents' bedtime? I mean, hasn't lived with mom and dad for years, but still hasn't learned the good sense of, you know, you need to go to bed at night. How many of you are glad you go to bed at night? <laughs> you know, you find out, you know, I get tired. I'm I'll be glad to go to bed. I feel better when I've had a few, uh, a few more hours sleep than in those times where I thought I had to stay up all night. You know, it's, it's, it's so funny because it's, the, it's children that want to stay up all night, isn't it? The 6-year-old, the 8-year-old, the 12-year-old, well, that'd be fun. How many of you know after you've done that a couple times, <laughs> the thrill's gone, isn't it? Especially when you've got to go to work. That alarm comes really early in the morning sometimes, doesn't it? In Proverbs 32, verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I'll counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose trappings include bit and bridle to hold them in check. Otherwise, they will not come near to you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, loving kindness, shall surround him. In this scripture, God is promising to instruct, to teach, and to guide us in the way that we should go. But he says, but don't be like a mule or a horse that you've got to have that bit, you've got to have that bridle to pull and make you do to get you to do what you're supposed to do. You know, God doesn't want us to have to, be, to live like that. You know, there's a season to be trained with a bit and bridle, of a trained in a discipline, but God doesn't want us to always have to rely upon that outward motivation to get us doing the right thing, right? We have been trained to take responsibility for our spiritual lives, for our spiritual growth and maturity, and also for our ministry. We've been trained for that. We've been trained, if you've spent any length of time in the body of Christ, in a good church or under some good leadership, you've learned the basics of spiritual growth and maturity. And they involve many spiritual disciplines, things like fasting and reading your Bible and praying and worship and giving and, and you know, laying your life down, right? We've learned those things. We've, we've learned things, but lots of times when a person gets out from under that type of environment, they want to cast off all the restraints. And one of the things that I'm finding right now is because we're in this transition and because we're not having weekly services that people are a little bit, some of them are a little bit lost. Well, what will I do without having somebody expecting me to be there at a certain time this time every week? 
Well, guess what? You've been trained to take care of yourself responsibly, right? To do what is healthy for you so that you will grow mature spiritually. Now, you can go eat spiritual junk food all the time if you want to, right? You can, you can go gorge yourself on things that do not feed your inner man, but the time is coming where you're going to have a bellyache and be full of that stuff and say, you know what, I need some solid meat to be put back on the inside of me, right? That's why Hebrews 2.1 says, it's, we must pay close attention to what we have heard so we don't drift away from it. So all the things that we have had in our growing up in the things of God, those foundations, those disciplines, we want to hold on to those and not let go of those as though we don't need them any longer because now we're free. Right? Proverbs 5.13 tells the story about when the young man, you know, Proverbs, um, he does not listen to his teachers. He decides it'd be fun to go hang out with prostitutes. And what does Proverbs say? If you cast off the wisdom that you've been trained and taught to do, the time has come when you're going to say, you know what, I was an idiot for not listening to my teachers. That's the Donna of Stern paraphrase of Proverbs 5.13. He says, I've not listened to the voice of my teachers or to the voice of my instructors. You see, we've been taught and trained what's right, but Proverbs also says that we need to be like the ant who does not have an overseer, does not have someone pointing and making sure that you do what you're supposed to do. Isn't that right? Instead, we're mature enough, responsible enough to say, if I'm going to grow and mature in the things of God, and if I'm going to make full, full use of the ministry that God has given me, then I'm going to need to be responsible for that and how I've been trained and be able to move forward. Now, when he talks about here in Psalms, he talks about the horse and the mule. Now, let's think about this. The difference between a horse and a mule. Well, a mule is commonly associated with stubbornness, right? You ain't making me do nothing. I'll go to bed when I want to. Thank you very much. Nobody's controlling me. I am free. Yeah, that's stubbornness. What about the horse? The horse is a very strong-willed, willful creature. It wants to go where it wants to go. And there are plenty of times when we want to go a certain way that is not good for us, it's not healthy for us, and we may have, as the Bible says, we may have freedom to do so, but all things may be lawful for us, but all things are not, what, expedient, right? They're not good. You may have freedom to do all kinds of things that are really not beneficial for you. So the horse is one who wants to go his own way, and the mule doesn't want to go anywhere. So God is saying, you know, let's be responsive to the restrictions that God's put upon our heart and to the discipline, the teaching that we've already had from the Lord. To be responsible and to be responsive to those instructions. Do you know that Christians are not used to freedom? They're not used to it. You know, Christians are not used to being responsible just for their growth and their maturity. They're used for somebody else to tell them, now you be at the Bible study... You show up to serve in ministry. And if somebody's not telling them, show up here and do that, they figured, okay, I'm off the hook. No, you're not. Not before God. Does this make sense to you? It's not a matter of when Donna schedules you to preach or when Donna schedules you to minister prophetically. It's like, no, you have a gift you answer for before God. So to be a good steward of that gift that's your responsibility, it's not my responsibility, right? 
Now, as a ministry leader, I do provide opportunities for people to minister, right? I want to do that. But I should not be your only recourse. The Spirit of God on the inside of you, the training, the gifts, everything God has put on the inside of you, He's looking for a way to break out in your everyday life that goes beyond just what we can provide you in the network. Does that make sense to you? So, you know, Christians a lot of times are not used to freedom. You know, well, who's, who's going to make sure I tithe? Who's going to make sure I go to church? Or who's going to make sure I read my Bible? Who's going to make sure I fulfill my calling? Who is? Not me. No, that's 20, you know. Who's going to give me a place to preach? I've heard that before. Well, if you don't give me a place to preach, what will I do? You answer to God. <laughs> well, Donna didn't give me a place to preach. Y'all know that is not going to fly. I mean, you think that's not going to fly with the Lord. You say, I give you a responsibility. All right? In Colossians 4, 17, it says, Take heed to the ministry you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. When God has given each one of us a ministry, then each one of us has the responsibility to fulfill that ministry before the Lord. Whether or not it's recognized or used in, in this particular state or not, your responsibility is before God to have that thing happen, right? One of the key principles that we have in life coaching is that you have been given stewardship of your life. It's up to you to answer to God for your life. That's pretty good, don't you think? It's up to you, you know. And so that means it's your responsibility to find out what your gifts are, to find out what God wants from you, and to prepare yourself so you can do that. It's your responsibility. And that's, how, that's the responsibility God has given each one of us. It's tremendously freeing, but it also puts, you know, it's square on our shoulders. We can't point the finger and blame somebody else and say, no, no, no. It's up to you to find out what God has called you to do. And sometimes we want to get before the prophetic team. Prophesy to me. Tell me what my calling is. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. I've done that. I've gone to people. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. You know what? God never tells those people. Because, you know what, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. Proverbs 25, right? It's our responsibility to search out so that we may be good stewards of what he's given us. So where you are right now, everything that you have learned up to this point in your life has been preparatory for this season and the next season of your life. Remember, David used to be a little shepherd boy out there watching his father's sheep. He learned to be responsible with his father's sheep, but he also learned to fight off the lion and the bear, didn't he? So when he came in the next phase of his life, it was fighting the lion and the bear and being responsible is what equipped him to stand before Goliath. He had never stood before a giant before. This was a new experience. But he had been prepared for it in the years that he had been watching his father's sheep. So everything that you and I are facing right now and what we're about to face God has already prepared us up to this point. That's really good news. That's good news. Now, sometimes we get to a point of, of having a few you know, encounters and we say, you know what, God? I, I need some more education. I need some more uh, healing. I need some more discipline. I can see I have a lack in this area. What does that, what does that do? If you recognize you have a lack, then you got to go get it, right? We had an incident not too long ago where um, there was somebody who observed 
uh, in a ministry setting. We had gone to minister, and somebody had observed uh, Jen prophesying and ministering to a whole group of people and had not seen her prophesy in quite some time. But just watching her prophesy stirred them up and said, i got to get sharper. i got to stir my gifts up. I need some more training. How many of y'all ever been provoked by somebody else floating their gifts, right? And said, I got to get on the ball. I got to get going with this. So it's not Jen's responsibility to come to that person and say, you need to develop your gifts and get the team trained. No, it's up to us to say, you know what? I need to be sharper. I need to put myself in an environment where somebody can help draw out of me and make me more effective. Amen? That's what it's about, right? There are some times I've gone through some things I thought, you know what? I need some more healing before I can stand up against that kind of situation. I need to have some fear broken off of me. I need to get something before I can stand up again. Maybe you and I have been in a ministry situation where somebody asked us to pray or minister or counsel, and we didn't know what to tell them. Instead of making us give up, that says, you know what, I need to go get something else so that I am more effective. Hallelujah. We also want to recognize that God has put everybody in your life for a reason. I believe that. I believe that God has put every person in your life for a reason. Some of them you are meant to bless. Some are meant to bless you. And many of them it is meant to be mutual. It is meant to be a flow back and forth. You see, one thing is that adults understand that when children don't. What do children think? It's all about them. You're here to please me, to make me happy. Isn't that what every small child believes? Sure. You know, that's what children, because their world is all about them. But you know what? And even when a person many times moves into teenage years, a lot of times they still have that attitude. You owe me a car. You owe me a a cell phone. You owe me, you know, a nice allowance. You owe me your college education. You owe me, you owe me. What happens when a person actually begins to become a mature adult? They begin to take responsibility for their own expenses, their own lives, and not only that, but mature and healthy adults want to give back. They want to give back to their parents. They begin to finally, finally recognize how hard it is to be a parent, what their mom and dad sacrificed for them, and want to make their life easier. This is what healthy, mature adults do. Healthy, mature adults learn to apologize to their parents. Anybody besides me ever apologize to your parents? Man, I was a brat. I told mine. I was a brat. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know what? When I was 17, I didn't think I was a brat. But I was a brat at 17. It took me a long time to realize, you know what? I need to show honor and respect and give back to those who laid their lives down. And the same thing happens with our spiritual leaders. There are people God's put into our lives. And until we have learned to say thank you to all those people, we're not mature yet. Until we've learned to show appreciation. You know, another thing adults do is they try to make the way easier for somebody else. Adults carry their own weight and try to lighten somebody else's load. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. Let's grow up. Let's become mature and responsible adults. Take the lessons that we have learned that got us to this point and determine to grow up and to be healthy and to be adults in every aspect of life. In this season, let's remember that freedom is a responsibility. It's not legalistic. You know, when your mom made you brush your teeth every night, she's trying to keep your teeth from rotting. Right? That was what that was about. 
When your mom dragged you to church every week, what was that about? It was to get you the discipline of honoring the Lord. The disciplines that we've all learned were meant to promote us in this season and make us more effective. Hallelujah. Let it not be said that we rejected our responsibility, but that we are responsible for our own lives and our own ministry, and we're, we're growing up and taking responsibility and being a blessing to somebody else. Galatians 5.13 says, For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love to serve one another. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask, Lord God, that you would stir each one of us to know our responsibility, to grow and to learn and discover who you have gifted and called us to be that may fulfill our calling. That, Lord, that we are responsible towards those who have laid their lives down to get us to this point. And with gratitude that we're not only learning from those lessons, but also we're making the way lighter for somebody else. Thank you, Lord God. It is our life, but it's the one that you have given us to live. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.